0: Welcome to The Tech Entrepreneur, a podcast for business entrepreneurs, business leaders and investors who want to do more with technology, accelerate their business and avoid the pitfalls of software development.
1: Hello and welcome to The Tech Entrepreneur podcast, the podcast dedicated to applying technology to real world business problems. My name is Phil Telfer, I'm the co-founder of Clear Sky Logic, and we're based in Edinburgh. Today, our guest is none other than the podcast host himself, Mr. Darren Old, my business partner. Hi Darren, welcome to the podcast, to your podcast. Hello Phil. Will be the, the guest for a change?
0: Yeah, it's nice not having to do the awkward intro, so I think you kind of nailed it there. Well
1: done. Oh, thanks very much. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I guess the uh, the re- reason behind doing this was just to kind of dig into some of your own experiences, having been uh, in business now for a few years, and having lots of experience in technology, so yeah, I've got a few questions to ask you about, and we'll, we'll see if we can dig into some of those and get a few uh, pearls of wisdom out of you. I'm sure we can. Sounds good. Let's so go for it. Let's start off by, I wonder if you could give me a, a quick kind of rundown of what you think your career highlights are so far. My
0: career highlights. Like, so I, I guess I'll do the opposite of what we hear in interviews. In interviews, a lot of the time I hear people start at the beginning and work forward, but I, I like to start now and work backwards probably the last year in Clear Sky has been, you know, one of the highlights of, of my career, but it's seen the team grow from about, you know, six or seven people, January, 2020, to coming up for 20 or over now, I think. Yeah. And I guess, it, you know, growing a company and learning all that, all that all that involves, you know, many kind of plates, but at the same time, having to keep learning all the time, you know, in your kind of personal development, that's always, that's all been a, a kind of the icing on the cake to where we are now. So yeah, I think that's probably the biggest, achievement but obviously over the years there's been some really kind of key projects I've been involved in things I'm really proud of, you know, thinking back to our time um, at Spark Energy when um, uh, you hired me Phil (laughs) (laughs) Um, and we built an energy billing system um, from a kind of satellite office in Edinburgh with a really small team Um, that was probably a really good highlight you know, having worked for maybe a couple of years in the project and then see it go live and actually work and, you know, be be something that even much much bigger teams at the time and much bigger companies hadn't managed to produce things like real-time billing it's you know pretty pretty impressive and yeah it went live and it worked for spark for, for a few years before we kind of we jumped we jumped out and created clear sky
1: yeah it's great to see a, um, a product go from from start to finish I think like that and even though it takes quite a few years sometimes it's it's really nice to be able to, to see that and just to see the difference it makes for a business and look at the you know the the problems that you have along the way as well so what was it that made you want to start your own business
0: so yeah i think it's probably one of the reasons why i got into tech at all you know I, I, as a kid i loved uh, computers and that sort of thing and I, I, it was always very much like a you know a treat to be able to be allowed to use a computer at the time i remember being at primary school and there was like one um, like BBC computer, and then eventually an iMac at the back of the classroom, and everyone had a turn. You know, like half an hour a week on it. So I was kind of always wanted to get to get more and more into them, and even you know being a teenager, I'd be you know fixing people's computers and that sort of thing. Um, and then you know when I was going to university, I, I went and had a degree in distributed systems. So I just kept it going, and yeah, I think it kind of goes into Clear Sky where we just help people and we just happen to be techs what we're really good at and how we can help companies, you know, do more and scale. And I think I hate that in, in IT where IT's looked as the kind of computer says no function of business where you know IT says they can't do that or we're not doing that now or we're too busy. Where I think there's um a bit of the industry that, that's kinda of been tarnished by that by that brush. So I you know I like what we do at guys. We we like to kinda of turn around projects really quickly, get value there for for users and and, and see See, kind of, you know, platforms or apps working for them, and it's you know, it's at the end of the day, you kind of look back thinking, you know, what a good job, and what a difference we made.
1: Yeah, IT does have quite an image problem, doesn't it? You know, it, as a supplier, it's as you say, the computer says no, uh, reputation, and and also people, you know, peddling snake oil, systems that aren't really good fit. If you look at government projects in IT, they traditionally, at least the, the well known ones, they they cost millions they you often know, delivered late uh, or not at all. And then they go over budget and people kind of wonder why people invest all this money in IT when it's supposed to solve a lot of problems and what it does is just seem to create a lot. Another thing you mentioned in there was about the, the reasons that you, you like to create software, which is to create things that help people. I think that's just so important, that kind of empathy that a, a good supplier has or a good developer has. And they want to create things that that do good that solve real world problems not just for the 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 tech sake of itself it's not just something which is you know like a gadget which is just fun it's actually solving a real world problem
0: yeah exactly it's, it should never be you know tech for tech's sake it should be always be a, you know have a, have a clear output and purpose in mind you know i'm not really a massive fan of projects that are kind of over-engineered you know the it's it's kind of you're painting the kind of Sistine Chapel or something like that where you see some projects, you're like, oh, yeah, I can see why this took four years, but the actual thing the business needed was probably a six-month project. Yeah, so you see that all the time, don't you?
1: Yeah, so since starting out at Clear Sky, what would you say are the things you've learned the most and the things that you perhaps didn't really have an appreciation for at all when you started out?
0: How many different factors come into running a business? You know, I think when... Uh, Th- thinking back when we first started the business we'd previously kind of worked with quite a few different third parties um, in a role at Spark you know when we've had to kind of outsource development or that sort of thing and none of them really kind of hit the mark in terms of you know what was delivered and the time it took to get delivered so uh, I actually remember kind of walking in Princess Street Gardens so in you know, Edinburgh Phil, saying we should really do this. this is something we could do we can help <laughs> lots of businesses and you know we'll knock out the park and you know we are kind of knocking out of the park but it's a very long journey to get there and so I guess it's the appreciation that, you know, we're good at tech, but, you know, I never thought I'd need to be good at, you know, finance and HR and business development and, you know, everything that's, that, that needs, that you need to be good at to, to run a business. So there's been tons of kind of personal development, you know, probably countless audible books listened to and, and kind of gurus followed online and that sort of thing.
1: Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, again, what, what's the most difficult thing you think you've you've had to face Um, in running a company so far
0: it's probably when um, you know being a company you've got kind of tight deadlines for projects going live and I I just sometimes that that can be kind of difficult to measure with or or balance with you want you know a really great solution for a customer so you know a customer might want a project that delivers in two months but going along the way of building it there's so much more we could do to really kind of knock out the park so it's it's almost finding a way to articulate that back to customers. So it's not a case of, you know, this is something we could have done, but we didn't. Um, it's something we can kind of raise along the way and, and maybe kind of build up a bit of backlog to to keep cracking on it after delivery. But yeah, it's, it's a big difference from having, a you know, an internal team in a, in a company you're an employee of where it's much easier to kind of extend deadlines and to kind of, you know, to, to deliver software later. Whereas here, it's very much like a, you Know that we've got a six week delivery, the customer expects something and expects a really good solution in six weeks. So, you know, make it happen. When along the way, we'll be like, Oh, if we could just put this bit in, it'd be great. So, you are yeah, some things we do get things in, some things we don't, but um, I guess that's the, the balance.
1: Yeah. What do you think are the kind of marks of a good IT supply, would you say? Characteristics that make someone stand out from the crowd in a good way?
0: Yeah, I think for me, transparency and straight talking that, that, that you know, even with us, we've got suppliers and you've know, got loads of great suppliers. Some- sometimes you get a supplier, it just doesn't work out. And a lot of the time it's down to kind of communication and transparency and, you know, expectations and that sort of thing, especially for, for us in it. It's, you know, we, we can get our head around most, most kind of tech issues or, or things like that with suppliers, but I look to companies which aren't, aren't really kind of focused on tech and I can't believe they've got to try and understand some of these terms that are thrown about and expect and the suppliers expect customers to know of, you know, he, I think there was a, a story about a supplier expecting the customer to know to, you know, test security issues in their platform. Like, well, how would they even know that these sort of things exist? You know, you can't rely on a customer to do that. So, um, yeah, I, I think probably suppliers that just don't communicate well and expect things of the customer and that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, it's a different different um, set of terminology, isn't it, in IT. There's so many acronyms and buzzwords it can be really confusing for you know technical people to speak to business people in plain english in in plain english i think that's um one of the things that your suppliers often get wrong is just the inability to to speak you know in plain english and using normal terms
0: yeah i mean we, we see it sometimes when you know so a supplier's trying to sell us a, a solution or or you know something like that and they say oh we be better you know something will be better like okay well by how much and how does that work in terms of return on investment? And those are the exact same things. Um, our clients should be thinking of us, you know, well, what? Well, okay, better and, and how, how do you measure better? You know, what's the metric of success and stuff like that. So I, I think, you know, it, it can be quite confusing to someone that's not looking at that sort of thing.
1: Hmm. I wanted to ask you a bit about recruitment, because I know you've had lots of experience in interviewing candidates and recruiting people, building teams and setting them to work. When you go about recruiting somebody, what are the main things you look for and what are the sort of red flags that you think might exist when you're looking for candidates for, for working? So this is, I guess, in your experience for in recruiting in you know, previous employment, but also for Clear Sky as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, the recruitment's a kind of constant thing for us at the moment, especially after the last year of growing the team so quickly. Um, but I guess something that we've been doing for many, many years and, and most of it together as well for our kind of recruitment process is you know, generally a few different steps and we're, we're both involved. I'm even thinking back to the early Spark days when you're when we first kind of did it together. But I guess for me, okay, for probably you know, good things to look for, that would be, uh, first of all, communication, uh, especially in tech. Like I, I need people that can communicate well and, and be a good team fit. Um, there's a massive difference between a dev that's just good at tech or a dev that's good at tech and good with people. And so I try and find good at tech and people. Sometimes it's detriment to just being, you know, a rock star at tech, but not a good team fit. So you know, I've passed some people that have been like that previously. And I guess for us, in any role as well, not just tech, is problem solving. Can a candidate articulate, you know, a, a difficult problem that they've had to solve themselves, and can they actually take you through it step by step? Because you'll find that people know the detail if they really have fixed the problem. If it's someone else that fixed the problem in their team, they won't know any of the details, and it's quite obvious. So, yeah, problem solving is a, a, a massive one. Some red flags. I would just say red flags. Um, not having any kind of clear achievement. You know, I, I like to think in any role, you know, what, what have you achieved, you know, in your career should be like quite quite an easy answer. Um, Some, you know, things to hang your hat on, kind of milestones, that sort of thing. Yeah, so, so I guess what other things are red flags? Candidates that are late to, to interviews. That always winds me up it's like well, you can, that's a can, bad start isn't it <laughs> yeah yeah it's like they don't kind of value
1: your time especially if you don't if you turn up and you don't even apologize for being late i think that's just that's just terrible you may as well just end it right there and then
0: yeah yeah and here's another tip when, when you're kind of going through your career history don't start at like 20 years ago and work forward because by the time you get to today i've forgot about what you said about halfway through
1: yeah too right <laughs>
0: But, yeah, I guess as well, it's, everyone's got strengths and weaknesses, you know, and there's not one perfect candidate. And, yeah, I, I, you know, although we hire lots of techie people, you know, devs, that sort of thing, we don't or I don't have that much experience of hiring kind of non-techies, you know, things like marketing, design, finance, operations. So, um, yeah, I'm still learning in those areas. And I find it really tough to kind of interview people that aren't, you know, in my specialism. So it's um, it's always a learning curve for the interviewer. As well as a candidate.
1: Yeah, sometimes you try and predict how this person's going to be, react and respond to a certain situation, and yet when you put them in that situation, they don't respond how you expect them to. And you think, well, how come I couldn't have, have spotted that first? You know, I, I thought I would have noticed that this person wasn't able to to do this particular, you know, respond in a particular way. But it's not always that easy. I guess it's it's difficult to simulate a lot of those things in interviews and sometimes may seem a bit cruel as well and put people off even wanting to work with you. You know, if you make it too hard, possibly there's a chance that it might just think, oh, those guys were a nightmare. I'm not going to work there.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Let's hope we're not a nightmare. At least uh, I hope we're not.
1: Yeah, we're we're lovely. (laughs) Interviews aren't supposed to be a walkover, are they? Yeah, true. So I I wanted to ask you about mentors that you've either made use of in person or through podcasts, you mentioned podcasts before, and about people who you you most admire in the world of business.
0: Oh yeah, that's a that's a question. There's, there's quite a lot, I guess. For me, especially since starting the business, it's always such a massive learning curve, and I try and learn things off everyone I meet. Really, you know, and and a lot of those people are are clients um because you know they're typically running their 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 own businesses or they're they're involved in the kind of senior management of it. So. I'm always kind of picking up hints and tips and and uh you know almost being kind of uh, taking advice off of them you know i'm almost i'm giving the kind of tech advice and the governance the roadmap about how to get where they want to go but i'm also kind of watching what they're doing with their business and the, the challenges they face and how they get past them so that you know that's been that's been pretty massive in terms of you know idols or mentors in a the, in the kind of wider world i really like what um elon musk does i think he he simplifies problems back down their kind of key principles and then tries to rethink the best way to get to a solution um which is which is i guess i'd like i'd like to be honest because that is the way i'd like to do uh, solve problems as well but just that whole kind of reusability that he's got going at the moment with you kind know, of spacex i'm a massive fan of that i think it makes so much sense and yeah I, I, i'm a bit of a fanboy about it you know other people i, I admire yeah I did, I, there's lots of people in the business world that admire and you know, I try and learn from them as much as I can. Like I said earlier, I do kind of lots of audible books, especially. I think you know when we went down to kind of work with a client and, uh, down in near press and um, for about kind of six, seven, eight months or something. film. we must have went through tons of audible books on the train, um, yeah. traveling down every week. But um, yeah, I, I think yeah, the Elon Musk is kind of the world, and yeah, clients and business connections for kind of mentoring. I've never actually had a you know an official mentor, but it's it's something I would consider i think it's um it's probably a difficult relationship to kind of strike up i imagine it would be you know be a bit like dating and <laughs> imagine where you know oh maybe not a right fit for me or you know that sort of thing
1: yeah imagine asking someone out on a kind of mentoring date
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's uh,
1: maybe, maybe a bit awkward
0: yeah it could be and, and then would you want to go for a mentor which was you know in tech and had done the kind of startup tech thing or would you want to go for someone that was totally different and had, had you know potentially strengths that, that you had weaknesses that's right of i'm not sure
1: yeah you probably want a couple don't you i would have thought someone who's who you're just really trying to emulate um for the most part and there's someone else who's really trying to fill those gaps that you you really don't have you know so someone in you know sales and marketing for example that kind of that kind of area
0: yeah do you, do you have any kind of mentors you follow phil well
1: there's a few podcasts that i listen to and a few books i've read that i really like Uh, It's very easy to knock Jeff Bezos being, you know, sort of big and brash and one of the richest people in the world. But, you know, if you look at what Amazon has done, I mean, ignoring its employment policies, uh, I think maybe some lots of issues around there. But in terms of what they do for the customer, it's not hard to see why people keep flocking to Amazon. You know, it's, it's just the easiest way to buy something online. If you want it to arrive tomorrow, then that's where you'd go there aren't really any competitors for it. They've just done a fantastic job. So I think in terms of automating what used to be a very manual labor-intensive process, i.e. going shopping, they've just done an incredible job. And it's not surprising he's, you know, one of the richest people in the world.
0: Yeah, I'm actually um, halfway through sure his, his Audible book, at the, moment, the Everything Store. Okay. It's quite an interesting
1: one. Um, yeah. I mean, and the way they started off, just, it makes perfect sense starting off in one particular niche in books and then looking at other effectively digital products such as, you know, DVDs and CDs. They're just the same. Everywhere you buy, it's going to be the same. It's not like buying, you know, fruit and vegetables that, you know, you want to pick them up and feel if they're okay. It's, well, I can buy the CD from there or from there. It's just exactly the same product.
0: Yeah, and I mean, looking at their kind of history, they're absolutely plowing money into innovation throughout the years, and I think that's what's kept them ahead. I think they could have been swallowed up quite easily by competition along the way, but they've always managed to keep one step ahead. That's something I you know, I admire in, in that mm-hmm. company and the way it's been run.
1: Yeah, and I'm not forgetting that AWS, their uh, web services platform is, you know, is the largest part of the company or the most profitable at least. Unless they've expanded out into that and um, and look, look where they've taken it.
0: It's a shame it's not as good as Azure though.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think some people might disagree with you there, but um, well, we'll, well, let's leave that one. <laughs> I suppose uh, just uh, kind of rounding off, I guess. So lots of really interesting stuff there. What advice would might you give yourself now if you could go back and talk to yourself when you were starting out uh, with ClearScon? Um,
0: what, what advice would I give myself? Uh, you will, you will be stretched more than you can ever think possible, but you'll grow more than you think possible. You know, within a, a short amount of time. Um, I think looking back, it is well worth. You know the rest. The personal rest at the time that you know when we made the decision to do it, get an audible subscription sooner in the process. Maybe before starting the company would have been useful. Um, yeah, probably one just a personal one for me. My uh, my second son, um, Archie, was born in the month that I left full time employment to, to kind of go go with Clear Sky full time, and I think probably timing wise that wasn't ideal. But I did hear of someone uh, I can't remember who it was saying that. Um, basically during the kind of first kind of six months of uh you know a child coming along to, the, to your family and you know, being born that you, you should listen to your gut it's like you're kind of programmed that way that your your gut will kind of ring true um more than normal during those stages because you're kind of the survivor instinct so yeah i i, I guess i guess that and yeah it'd, it'd be nice to see where this goes we've got tons of opportunities i think that's the main thing that's that's really kind of really taken off in the last year is that we're kind of pushing forward in many parallel ways at once um, which is good to see and there's a lot of big things happening this year a lot of key hires to the business so yeah the sky's the limit and uh, looking forward to the future
1: great sounds great well I think that that's all for today so thanks very much Darren for all of those words of wisdom I um, hope everyone found this useful um, we will be recording lots more podcasts over the coming weeks and we'll be interviewing all sorts of people as well we've got lots of people lined up including people from the world of business and technology and the energy sector. So until next time, thanks for listening.
0: You've been listening to The Tech Entrepreneur, brought to you by ClearSky the digital transformation agency for scale-ups and established business who believe you don't need to be held back by technology. Whether you need software to help your customers self-serve, a mobile app to manage customer engagement, or automation to make sure your staff are spending time on what matters most, ClearSky provides dedicated software development teams in the UK ready to take on your next project.
1: Find out more at clearskylogic.com.